Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. From the world's first officially recognised sim racing group, it's the Torah Radio Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the world. This is the Torah Radio Show, episode 35 of our 2020 season. This is a season that never end. It just goes on and on, my friends. Anyway, um, this is the US Week, so of course you're stuck with myself, Ben Williams, and of course everyone's favorite test track driver, Louis Satterley. How are you doing this evening, Louis? I'm doing good, and was that a hint you just dropped? By George, I think it was. I think it was. Yes, anytime that we have the episodes on an odd number, you're guaranteed to have me and Ben on the air. Yeah, y'all are stuck with us this week. Yeah, y'all and Ewans. Yes. Which, this... anybody who doesn't know what Ewans is, that's y'all plus three. Mm-hmm. Okay, or, that's what that is. Or for my Western Pennsylvania brethren, Yins. Yins. Oh, okay. yes. That's that's a very a Pittsburgh word. Very. I was going to say that, that's that's just coming from the same region that says my favorite color is yellow, or crick instead of yeah. creek, yeah. or pop instead of soda. Yeah. We can go on about these colloquialisms the entire show. Yeah, soda pop, you got there, boy. Watch it fizz. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> For those who are part of the South that calls everything a Coke. We apologize. <laughs> anyway, this is the Toro Radio Show. We do occasionally talk about sim racing news. Speaking uh, of sim racing, actually, um, so somebody recently asked me on social media, I thought this would kind of be a cool, quick thing that we could discuss on amongst ourselves here real quick, and actually out there for all the other listeners there, I'm going to call it hashtag sim of choice. Um, somebody asked me why in particular I really harp on R-Factor 2 and why I really like that particular sim in particular. And um, and I really thought about it, and it for me in particular, it always ticks off all the boxes. And everybody hears me rant and rave about how great Forza 4 was in the day. And R Factor is that on steroids, effectively. Um, on Forza 4, I was able to choose what car I wanted to race against at all times, but I had a cap of about 12 to 16 cars. I can't remember. It's been a minute since that time. But uh, 16, I think. I think that's what it was. I'm pretty sure it's 16. Yeah. yeah. It's 16, because I remember Forza 6 was a big deal, because now you can have 24 cars. Yeah. So I was able to pick and choose each an individual car that I wanted to race against against AI opponents. But again, I was only capped at 16 for my little race session. With R-Factor, I can do that all the way up to whatever the capacity of the track is. So for instance, if I want to do a simulated 12 hours at Sebring, I can get a maximum of... Actually, I can get more than that, but allotted pit space is 60 for that track. I can get more on that, but then it kind of it's a little bit chaotic whenever it comes to trying to do qualifying sessions and what have you, and cars trying to trip over each other when they leave the pit lane. Um, so for me, that's what I really like about it. That and it's full day to night cycle, full weather cycle. I mean, and the great thing is, is my, for me, whenever I do my personal sim races is that I do 10% distance. So I can go right down to the minute on that. So if I want to do a 10%, distance of the 12 hours to Sebring, I set it for one hour and 12 minutes and I can race. And if I want, I can pass off the stints to the computer driver to where I can really get my immersion going on that. So for me, that is why R-Factor 2 is it. That and the content is always up to date. And there's always old stuff as well if I want to ever do anything like that. So that's just my personal opinion on that. Uh, Ben, yourself, I have to ask, what would be your personal sim choice? So we talked about this briefly before we started the show tonight. Um, and I think for me, it, it it depends upon what I'm in the mood to race, if that makes sense. It um, does. If I want to do something like an oval, dirt oval, or something like that, I'm going to go to iRacing. Just because like, I finally did my first dirt oval on iRacing last week. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, you, a, I'm a bit addicted now. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to get up into sprint cars because it's been a long time since I've touched 
iRacing, actually, and if you get into sprint cars, that might motivate me to come back over and do a few laps with you. I may have purchased them last week. <laughs> He's addicted, <laughs> folks. He's addicted. Never turn back now. Um, if I want to do GT racing, I'm going to go to set a course to Competizione, ACC, just because... It's GT racing. It's GT racing. That's what that entire game sim, whatever you're going to call it, is about. So they do it extremely well. Um, if I want to do something like you just mentioned, I'm, I haven't really played with R-Factor 2 much. In fact, I don't think I've actually had the game on while my wheel was actually plugged in and functioning. Um, I was just checking out the UI, which confused me at first. But not talking about that right now. Um, if I want to do something like a simulated race, I'm going to go to the original set of Corsa with Content Manager where I can do those type of things. Um, set the exact amount of laps, the amount of time. Um, tell the game to go through a whole 24 hours of day and night in five minutes. Things like that. And if I'm in the mood to just have fun, then I'm going to go to Forza, honestly. Um, Forza is the game I've played the longest out of the four that I'm mentioning during this segment. It's kind of where my comfort zone is on a controller. Um, just being able to pick it up, not having to drag my wheel back over to my desk, get my screens into their proper positions. I can just grab the controller, turn on Forza, and just do something mindless for a couple hours. And admittedly, the less amount of time it takes to set up to go do what you want to do also makes it incredibly easy. Yeah. So if someone like me, where I have everything literally sitting right in front of my computer and I, that's all I play is on my PC now, I very rarely touch anything. Less courts i got to swap around, less things i got to plug in, the more likely I am to pick up something that is already hooked up Yeah, and, and for, go with that. And for me right now, I don't have a designated place to set up my – do a full like sim setup like that. I'm literally on, and I can't remember the name of this product. Um, uh, a TV tray? Oh, it's the, um, it's a Wheel Stand Pro. Wheel Stand Pro. Yeah, it's literally um, three aluminum pipes that I can attach all of my pedals and the wheel and the um, shifter to, where I can... If I want to race, I can pick it up, move it across my office, slide it under my desk, get my screens in position, plug it in, and I'm good to go. Easily hideable. Yes, it is easily hideable. I like yeah. to not hide it just because... Yeah, but if a company comes over and you're going to have family come cruising around the room, it's easily to just, like, yeah, nothing going on here, crash. <laughs> <laughs> just, it, yeah, you can like neatly fold it up and, and slide it under your desk or slide it in a closet or something like that. But I like not to do that just because I don't want that. I don't want the weight of the up of the um, vertical arm resting on the pedals because that's kind of the way it's set up to do that. Does gotcha. That sense? But um, yeah, if I had the option of having that set up all the time, I would, but you know, we're in 2020. I'm working from home every other week. So I need my computer to be able to do my job. Yeah, those things get in the way. Yeah. So, Anyways, uh, hashtag sim of choice for you, dear listeners. We want to hear what you got going for your personal favorite sim to do. If you're like Ben, where you have a smorgasbord, depending on your mood, or if you're like me, where you have one in particular, you just keep coming back to. I want to hear about it. Right out. So, moving on to the sim racing portion of tonight's show. Um, R-Factor 2, since we've talked about it already so much, um, R-Factor 2's Stock Car 2018 update dropped last week. It actually dropped shortly after the show aired, and it greatly annoyed Jordan, which I found funny. If, if, if I'm not even mistaken, Jordan posted up in our group chat one hour after the show had aired, and said some expletives about how upset he was. That that may or may not have happened, yes. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a pretty simple update. Basically, all you really need to know is that they updated the aero package of the cars in the draft. Um, the car was way too loose. 
in the previous versions instead of being tight. So it's a little bit more predictable now in dirty air. Um, they also updated the rear camber range. You can do something ridiculous like point two de- or no two point oh degrees, something like that. Is that how that so a whole two degrees? Two? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I don't really play too, around too much with the setups. I mean, I make it to where it's stable enough for me, but I don't really mess with camber and things as such like that because it, then it just stops, starts making no sense to me at all. Yeah. Um, you say that. However, Studio 397 actually says that you're going to have to adjust the setups a little bit for these new cars now um, just to find your yeah. comfort level, basically. Yeah, and, and just like any other car, really, on our factor at all yeah um unless you're someone go back to first bit that we talked about unless you're somebody like me where it's a personal goal to figure out the nuances of each individual car mm-hmm. and how they handle on a stock form or um base tune i should say whatever comes in there you want to learn how to drive the car and drive it fast that way then yeah that's just me, though. Yeah. Um, have you messed around with these cars before? I have not, actually. Um, and it just simply comes down to my taste. I'm not a big uh, NASCAR fan. I mean, if I am going to drive a stock car, it's going to be like a super late model or something like that. Some more local short track stuff that goes around, which for our um, foreign friends who don't know what a super late model is, it is basically a short track special stock car or NASCAR style car. Looks very aerodynamic, but produces a lot of downforce and produces a lot of mechanical grip at the same time because you can literally rip these things around side by side on half mile to quarter mile racetracks and just be entertained for hours on end. Yeah, they're really big in the south. Mm-hmm. Studio three nine seven also said that they are working on a new rules plugin and instructions um, to go with these cars. Um, I'm assuming that means adding things like green-white checker, stage points, that kind of thing? I'm guessing that is it, because right now there is a, uh, what they call a stock car rule set that you can use. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're just playing the game normally, you don't really notice it too much. Basically, all it does is uh, give you a two-lap qualifying run, and that's all you get. Um, But otherwise, the individual racing aspect of it, which, again, I haven't really played around with it too much, but I haven't noticed anything different. It's just a straight-through race. Uh, Safety cars are called a little bit easier, or pace cars are called out a little bit easier than what they traditionally would be on the normal rule set. So Yeah, that's what I... Without actually driving these things before, that's what I kind of assumed what they meant by rules plug-in and things like that. Yeah. Just just making it a little bit more NASCAR-esque. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely so, does. So, um, if you are inclined to drive those cars, that update is now live, so you can go ahead and go update your game. Um, Lewis, do you have any R Factor 2 mod updates since we're already talking about the game? Yeah, speaking of stock cars and short track racing, actually, uh, Toledo Speedway, we don't have a lot for updates actually this time around. Only got two mods. Toledo Speedway, actually done by. Uh, Team Chacha, so that's uh, T-C-H-A-C-H-A, for anybody who's out there looking on that. They've been coming out with a lot of circle track mods lately. You have that. And the one that just dropped two days ago, actually, is the 37 and three-quarter mile circuit Isle of Man mountain course, which anybody who knows that associates it with motorcycles and cars do not go around there. Well, now is your chance to... Blast around there in your favorite sports car, NASCAR, IndyCar, F1 car, historic car, what, whatever you want to do. Because it's our factor. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. So, And that's really the only two updates that we've got since two weeks ago, actually. Um, been looking at it closely, and nothing really has popped up at all. So it's a bit yeah. unfortunate, but it's a slow time of the year, and people are starting to go back to their real-life jobs, so mods aren't coming out as fast anymore. Yeah. Fortunately, that is the downside of the end of the sim racing boom, is that people are not doing as much sim racing as they were three months ago. Curse those jobs. Yes. Cur- curse the improvement of public health. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> so that, that you know what makes that even more hilarious is what your profession is, and you just said that. <laughs> I told you I'm an accountant. <laughs> anyway, for a church. No, actually, you're not. <laughs> oh, never mind then. I, yeah. I do apologize. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, if there's a mod that you think that we should check out here on the show, either it's myself or Lewis or Jordan and Matt, be sure to let us know. Um, hashtag Torah Radio Show um, at the real underscore Torah on Twitter and Torah Online Media on Instagram if you're so inclined. Um, yes. If you're so inclined. If you're if you are of the millennial persuasion and use Instagram more than anything else. I like that. Millennial persuasion. You know, technically I am a millennial. On yeah, paper. I am too. Are you though? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that kind of weird like I think the only one on this show that is not a millennial actually is old man Matt. Actually, I think Jordan might be too young to be technically a millennial. He might be Generation uh, Z. Could be. Anyway, Welcome to the Torah Radio Show where we horizontalize your perpendicularity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you said we were going to say that. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to other sim racing news. Um, Cyberbuck 2077. That is not a sim racing game, sir. Why are we discussing Cyberpunk 2077? I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> so for those who are not familiar with the Cyberpunk series of games, it's your typical, if I can use that word, um, dystopian future setting. Um, technology is continuing to advance. There's cybernetic enhancements, other things like that. Yes, Ben, but why are we discussing it on a sim racing show? Because... For this latest iteration of Cyberpunk 2077, the developer whose name is escaping me right now, um, CD Projekt Red, I believe that's what it's called. Um, actually, I better check that. Um, they have gone a little crazy with recording sounds for their new game. Um in a feature that they did on their YouTube channel, they talked about how they've recorded over 70 vehicles to make the video, or to, excuse me, make the vehicle soundtrack for the game. Um, this includes a rally car, which is featured pretty heavily, drift cars, supercars, muscle cars, tuna cars, off-road cars, uh, various different motorcycles, and everything. You can probably uh -huh. think of they recorded some version of it. Um, what's special about it though is the way that they did it um, they talked about in this feature how they have multiple recording points on each car so there's like three on the rear bumper right above the exhaust um, three different ones under the hood towards the engine um, three like in the cockpit uh, several other ones around the car um, the recording the car is going past the Recording the cars just idling. Um, all it's almost a ridiculous amount of detail that they're going into. But you know, if you ask me, there's no such thing as a ridiculous amount of detail because the more detail, the better. I say sure. for us in particular, yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's not many other non-racing games that goes to this level of sound recording whenever well, let, me, let me stop you there and just in general there's not a lot of games that go to that kind of level for sound recording this i mean true. i mean they do a lot of sound recording but not to the point where you go down to you want an individual sound for all the different cars that you potentially have in your game as opposed to other games that are like this where they just have a generic sound for whatever car it is Looking at you know, it's like, yeah, that one, that one looks like it sounds like a V12. Throw a V12 sound into it, sort of thing. Not getting an actual recording of an actual car. Yeah. Oh, that's a Viper? Okay, let's use the same Viper sound that we've used for the past five years. Ooh, shot in the dark and nailed it onto turn 10. <laughs> anyway, um, the highlight of the video is the hero car for this game. It's the 
Lewis, try to contain yourself. The 1977 Porsche 911 Turbo, the 930 version of the car. What? Yeah. They showed the um, them recording the car and the recording process where they had the car connected to a dyno so they can get um, recordings of accelerating and decelerating. Uh, but even show them holding the. Oh, the sound of the thing decelerating has got to be a. To me, that's the best part of that whole, that whole boxer engine of that t- time period. Just the sound of it decelerating, the way that it'll just rev whenever you change the gear down. Oh man, that just. <laughs> they even went as far in the video to show you them recording the sound that the electric window makes whenever you put the window up and down. Are you serious? I they went that far serious. into it. Yes. Oh my goodness! If you pull the video up, which uh, it's been linked on you, it's been yeah, linked on like Twitter and other Mine's social media platforms like that. Sound. If you go into, like, I'm gonna say it's around 3:50 in the video, you can actually see them record this. Oh my goodness! They've that got, is brilliant. They have two giant boom microphones up next to the window. I'm going to have to check that out after the show, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It, it, I really think that we should take a moment and appreciate the amount of work that it goes into doing that well, kind of thing. Well, I mean, the non-sim racing side of me, I mean, they initially announced that it was supposed to come out last year? Last or no? Year, if, but, I thought it was might have been this year, but they've postponed it to next year. Yeah. And now I know why. They're really going all out on detail like that, where if you could record the sound of an automatic window opener, that's impressive. Yeah, for those who don't remember, also, this is the game that they had Keanu Reeves unveil at E3 two years ago. Oh, no, last year. The pre-COVID. We'll we'll just call it pre-COVID. Yeah, before the the bad times. So, in time, we've had AD, we've had BC, and now we have PC. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Yeah. And soon we'll have AC, after COVID. Yeah, we can't do PC, PC. Pre-COVID, no. post-COVID. We can't yeah. do that. Hopefully, maybe we'll get some DC in there, but... I knows? see what you did. We might Batman be reference there. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We're back on tangents again, aren't we? Yes, we are. Okay. And Matt and Jordan think they're bad. Anyway. Oh, they're terrible. Oh, yeah. That's why I love them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I'll see if I remember to tweet the link to this video out prior to the – or after the show. (laughs) We're during the show. We can't do it prior because that would be in the past. Um, I'll tweet it out after the show just because I'm not going to be able to multitask. Sorry. Um, and do you're that. gonna tweet? Hang on, I'm still hung up on this. You're gonna tweet this before the show because it would be in the past. Allow me to step into my blue police box for a second. You, you know, we're going on too much of a tangent. Just carry on. I'll think about it later. It's gonna make my brain hurt. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> Gran Turismo Sport. We haven't talked about GT Sport recently um but it actually in fairness a lot of the content they've been coming out with has been rather dull hence the reason why there hasn't been too much mention gt sport is suffering the same fate that forza 7 is right now where it's end of cycle everyone's ready for the new thing it's been out for an extended period let's put it that way at this point and um they've announced the new game grand turismo 7 but much like Forza Motorsport, we don't know when it's coming out yet. Well, if it's anything like what Polyphony has done in the past, they'll announce it and it'll be almost to the point where you completely forgot about the game is even going to get produced before it finally comes out. Yeah. But there was something that we did find out this week. Um, okay. They've announced that Grand Turismo Sport will be playable on the PlayStation 5. Okay, so backwards compatibility, got yeah, it. We knew that was going to be a feature, a predominant feature of the new next generation consoles, Xbox, same way. Um, um, and if you ask me, the only reason why I think they're doing that is because they're not going to have a lot of content for a little while. I think that's probably the... I mean, they're going to have some, enough to keep you tight over, but it, it's not going to be 
just gangbusters of games coming out like people seem to think there will be. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of things that they highlighted on GT Planet that it's like, these are things that we know because of this announcement. Um, firstly, that the game servers are going to be staying around for a little while. Um, and I'll ask you to confirm this for me. Basically, when Gran Turismo 5 and 6 have been out for like four years, something like that. Um, and I don't think I did that math correctly. Yeah. Um, like three and a half years, something like that. Um, they went ahead and shut down the online multiplayer and servers. Is that correct? Uh, that I could not tell you because, uh, basically for Gran Turismo 5, that was that game that I was anticipating to come out forever on PlayStation 3, and then I got a prologue edition, actually, no, sorry, PlayStation 2. I got a prologue edition of it and played it, and it was very boring on the prologue, basically waiting for the game forever to come out, and then Forza comes out. Okay. And basically my whole attention shifted over to that, and that became my sim of choice. Yeah. So um, for 5 and 6, I never actually played online. Okay. So I could not tell you. I'm going to default to Gran Turismo, or GT Planet, since, you know, they are GT Planet. Um, yeah, they should know that. So basically, like three and a half years after it, the game launched, they shut down the servers, stopped multiplayer lobbies, things like that. Um, according to their math, Gran Turismo Sport will reach that three and a half year mark next April. Three so, and a half years already, really? Yeah. It's I thought. Been, it's been three years since Forza came out. Actually, let me rephrase that. It's not that it surprises me that it has been three and a half years. I think it surprises me that it's only been three and a half years. I thought it had been out longer than that. So, yeah. Yeah, for those who are listening closely to tonight's show, they just heard a bit of the Cyberpunk 2077 because I still had it open in the tab. They heard the window of the Porsche go down. Oh, don't lie. You're, you're watching it and enjoying the sounds while I'm talking and completely ignoring me. I mean, not really. Yeah, no, I know. I completely distract myself from me, too. Don't worry. Um, when was the release date for Forza 7? Forza okay, yeah. 7? Forza 7 is now officially three years old because it launched on October 3rd, 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Forza 7 is officially three years old. Oh, gosh. That's been... And actually, in reality, this is literally the longest we have ever gone between a motorsport title Yeah. from turn 10. Yeah. So... <laughs> so I do gonna... hope they go revert back to what it was like for Gran Turismo 4. I really do. Gran Turismo 4 or Forza 4? For, sorry, Forza 4. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah. Gran Turismo 4 was pretty good, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. I played anyway, that game for hours. Anyway, getting back to GT Sport. Um, we know that GT Sport's very heavy on their very dependent on online connectivity. Um, it, it's like most of your saves is now cloud-based. Mm-hmm. That basically goes for any racing, well, any video game at this point. Um, I think the only thing that really doesn't do that is really PC games. Yeah. And even still, they'll actually do a double copy to where they'll do it on your hard drive and then they'll do it a cloud-based, depending on in case you lose one, you still have another one for a backup. Mm-hmm. I know Forza 7 doesn't do that on PC. No? No. Okay. Which, I know, the game was built for a console. It's going to operate like it's built for a console. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But basically, if we know that GT Sport's going to be around for a while, and they're going to keep those servers updating up and running, then Polyphony doesn't have to make an end-of-life decision about it. Um, I, th- I think... GT Sport will probably stay online until 7 is about to come out or is out. Um, main reason being is if you go on to their general servers now, they have the FIA Manufacturers Championship, which mm-hmm. constantly goes on every quarter. Um, actually, sorry, it's about every month there's a new one. Thereabouts, maybe a month and a half, maybe every two months. So they got a new one of those, and they also have individual drivers' championships, which they constantly have competitions for. So I think they will probably keep that one alive much longer, simply because of that aspect. Yeah. Um, you have to forgive me because I don't remember all the in and outs of GT Sport. Um, 
the manufacturer championships is that's still part of the FIA tie-in, yeah. right? Okay, so it's yeah. quote unquote it's also known as Man Cup for anybody who yeah. is also wondering. So that's still part of their like official esports stuff, right? Yeah, that's their official esports stuff that okay. is sanctioned by the FIA, or effectively FIA gave Gran Turismo for Polyphony Digital a license to be able to do those particular championships, which. Um, anybody out there who's not familiar with how their particular setup is, whenever you go into the Manufacturer Cup, you get an option of choosing whatever manufacturer you want across a broad scheme of things. Uh, usually, me being the guy that I am, I usually tend to choose Porsche. They'll give you Fanboy. either the GTE version or GT3 version of the car, or their top model, whatever it is they choose in the game. For Porsche's instance, it is the uh, 2017 RSR. And they give you the GT4 car, which is the Cayman Club Sport. Yeah. Um, they also have fantasy cars. So, for instance, if you join in with Mitsubishi, you get a Lancer Evo Evolution, quote, GT3 car, even though it is a made-up fantasy version that they put inside the game. And you get a GT4 version of the same car, which is, again, another fantasy made-up version of the car that is in-game, simply to put more manufacturers inside of it. Yeah. And usually they'll have a 10-race season, and they'll either alternate every race or every other race they'll alternate between which two co- or which car you're going to be using at any given moment. So basically you race a season under Porsche, you're racing both of those cars for their season and you gain points that way. Yeah. Um, their driver's championship is a lot bit different. It's free choice of whatever car you want and whatever the class of car is that they give you for that particular week. So you can have LMP1 this week, you can have GT3 next the following week, and you can have a historic car the following week, or you can be in a production car the following week. That's how they do the drivers. So literally, it's kind of like an IROC system where you got various cars that you got to do, or race of champions thing, and you have different tracks. Yeah, that's how their whole concept works on that. Anyway, so digressing, getting back to the topic that I was trying to transition us into. Sorry, but I figured just, I had to explain that for those who didn't before, know what it was. Before you literally just turned off the highway, went down to Albuquerque, didn't take the first left, and just went straight on to Mexico. <laughs> but I did stay on subject. You did stay on subject, yes. Um, so getting back to the point that I was trying to make, um, Gran Turismo and Polyphony are being very smart about making sure that their official esports stuff continues on. Um, oh, that's good. Unlike Turn 10, who I they haven't really said if there's going to be another FRC in Forza 7's life cycle, it's looking like it's not going to happen. Nah, this close to a launch, which... Have they have actually announced a launch for... Okay. They have so, we're, someone we, tells me it's going to be after holiday season, then, if they haven't done it yet. We're expecting probably this time next year. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which, I, as a Forza fan, I, I find it comforting that we don't know about both Gran Turismo 7 and Forza when it's they're going to be coming out. I find that somewhat comforting. Just because I find it somewhat comforting, but at the same time, I hope they don't come out around the same, the same time, time of the same year. Of the they same prob- year, actually. Let's be honest, they probably will. They probably will, but if you ask me if they're smart about it, instead of trying to compete with one another, they'll essentially work together. That way it benefits both sides of it, because you're not going to be able to convert anybody over, in particular, not, at least not in mass, mm-hmm. from one game to another. Yeah. So, but if you but, have the people that are like me and you, which there is quite a bit of us, mm-hmm. that have both consoles and enjoy both games for what they are, you won't make those particular individuals choose between one or the other. Yeah. Just but, my two cents. But money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, As so, we say here in the States, Dem Benjamins. It's all about the Mies. Um Not you, my relative. <laughs> Your relative? Yeah, I'm related to Benjamin Franklin, actually, but that's a whole other story. We'll get into that later. You're, you're required to tell me that story later. Anyway, yes. um, so... Um, the, Hurry here the, first, folks. I'm fired if I don't tell them the story. You are. Um, so with Polyphony continuing to support Gran Turismo Sport, it's indicating that it might be farther away than what we expect. 
So it will probably will be around that holiday 2021. That Forza is kind of like the vague date that we're guessing just based on speculation. Yeah. Um, and we know how Forza feels about speculation. <laughs> um, if you don't know the source of that joke, just go look it up. Um, I'm pretty sure we have completely alienated Turn 10 for how many times we throw them under the bus. I mean, Matt and Jordan threw Codemasters and SMS under the bus last week, or last week, talking about how um, they completely got the name of a corner completely wrong. Well, at least it's uh, the English are making fun of the English producers, and the Americans are making fun of the American producers, so... We got that going for us. I'm sure polyphony is not American. I'm talking about with SMS and SMS and uh, yeah, Codemasters over there for the guys on the yeah. other side of the ocean. Anyway, um, digressing. <laughs> um, so it it would be in polyphony's favor and turn ten's favor if they continued to have uh, more content and updates for the games that they're getting a little bit longer in the tooth. Gran Turismo, for instance, said the Segway Master, announced that they were going to have a Red Bull Beat the Pro time trial trial challenge. Um, It is a worldwide event that players can basically go on, set a leaderboard time, and could see how they compare against Max Verstappen and Alexander Albon. That's an interesting concept. One that hasn't... One that has been done numerous times by other people, but still. Yep, Turn 10 just recently started the Forza 7 time travel. Or time travel. <laughs> I made one TARDIS joke. <laughs> time trial. You're terrible. I am terrible. Um, time trial with Joseph Newgarden, in case you didn't know. I did not know that, but yeah, yeah I know Joey New has always been a Forza guy himself, so. Yeah, so... They have something similar set up right now, but it's not the prestige that is F1. I and like I'm how you said sure that. There's someone, <laughs> there's someone in the Radio Oma studio being very angry at me right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. Mr. Mr. Damon, he's up in Pennsylvania, not down here in Florida. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Just, just, just sell me out. Yeah, I um, did. <laughs> The car that we'll be using for this Again, event. Mr. Damon, that is Pennsylvania, not Florida. The car you'll, you'll be using for this event, Lewis, is the Super Formula Delara SF19. Which nice! Yes, but don't fret if you don't have that. They'll provide it through, through the event. That's kind of like a rental. Yeah, that's actually... So, funny enough, going on to the what we talked about with the Man Cup thing, even if you don't have those particular cars in your garage and you sign up for those contracts with those particular teams, they will give you the cars to use for the Man Cup. Yep, there you go. So, it's a similar concept. Yeah. Um, If you're interested in seeing how you stack up, the event runs through November 1st, and there's no price that's been actually announced yet. So, So we don't know what you're racing for yet, but race away. Yes. That's your takeaway. Um, We have a couple minutes left, just so we make sure that we have enough time left in tonight so for the feature so um let's talk about f1 2020 real quick i want to know why i can't scroll on my computer at the moment anyway go ahead all right so at last the day that ferrari fans who use their power plant in their uh, single player campaigns in f1 2020 has come the performance update has officially launched oh boy yes the vehicle performance has been updated to reflect real-life performances now, so that means racing point has been improved, and unfortunately, Ferrari, Alpha, and... RIP Ferrari! Yes. <laughs> Ferrari, Alpha, and Haas and now had the big... Um, Nerf. ...performance hammer. Yeah. The, it's been nerfed. Yeah. It's been nerfed. Um, there's also your typical housekeeping things... Um, they updated the liveries for Ferrari and Red Bull. Um, they did some updates to the, tri- to the tire wear of Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, and McLaren. Um, they fixed an exploit, which I found that this was pretty funny. It fixed an exploit in time trial and events that caused 
by entering and fast forwarding an instant replay. So basically you could like, if I understand this correctly, you could basically like try to fast forward and actually give yourself a faster time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, they also fixed the issue. not pick up on that sooner. Oh, no. But you know what, you know what they say. It's a modern game. Whenever you buy the game, you you're buying the chance to be a beta tester. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they never also get a complete game anymore. Yeah. They also fixed an issue that was caused a color mismatch between. Um, I whoops, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, there was a color mismatch between sponsors on suits, helmets, and carvers in the PS4 Pro. That's now been adjusted. Um, that update is now out for consoles and PC, if you are so inclined to have that. Excellent. Yes. Anyway, so, for the last couple minutes of tonight's show, Test Track is back. Yay! <laughs> yes, I've been right. wanting to do this forever. Yes, um, Gooey, why don't you briefly describe what Test Track is for those who have probably never heard us do a Test Track before? Because it's been a while since we've done it. Okay, so a Test Track is whenever I fire up a sim, whether it be Forza. Well, actually, all the ones we've done in the past have been Forza, except for one, I think, or whatever sim I choose. I get a card that. I think will be very enjoyable to listen to, very fun to describe how it is to drive the car while we're doing hot laps around the circuit, which I do full commentary on that, and fully enjoy the sound of it and the quality that you get out of the car, which comes down to me describing the undulations of it, or you hear the sound quality of it, which this is very much so a sound experience, because we are on radio, um... And yeah, just hearing all the little details that are inside of it, which is the whole concept of it. And it's try to emulate it to where it feels like you're actually riding on board or listening to an onboard audio of the car going around the circuit. That is the whole idea of it. Yeah. And it gets a lot, it did get a lot of great reviews. And unfortunately, we had to stop it because we just had so much content constantly coming out. So finally, we're able to hopefully start doing these more often. Yeah. At least once a month. Um, we've also discussed potentially having videos to go with this. Which we've had played with before as well, when we had a, a Stan or Stan-a-man. Yep. His last name's absolutely escaping me all of a sudden. Stupa. Stolpa. Yes, Stupla. There it was. Sorry, Stan-a-man. I always called him Stan-a-man. Yeah. Um, or I called him Staniel, one of the two, just to mess with him. But he did uh, some producing for us and made a couple videos out there. So anybody who wants to can go out there and YouTube tour test track. There's one out there for Ferrari 333SP. There's one for a McLaren M8B. To name a few, there's just a number of them Mm -hmm. that we've done video for. So hopefully that'll come soon. Yes. So without further ado, what do you have for us this week, Louie? Oh, you're just going to have to wait a few seconds and give it a listen. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Tour Test Track after a very, very long absence, and I have a special treat for you here on this one today. We're going to be blasting around Circuit de la Sarth, and we're going to be doing it in the 1999 Mercedes CLK GTR. So, anybody who knows... Actually, sorry, I do apologize. This is the CLR. This is not the first edition of the car. This is actually the one that Aussie great Mark Weber had his unfortunate accidents and made him walk away from Mercedes if you ever get the chance to read the book on that that he wrote, I would highly recommend picking that up. This is also the same car in the same year while in the race. Peter Dumbreck flipped three times heading down towards Indianapolis and landed off track. Fortunately, Peter was A-OK, and he was able to walk away and has raced numerous times since then. Anyways, we're going to go ahead and try and do this car some justice around Circuit de la Sarth. I have been quoted for 15 minutes, so hopefully we can get some good tasty video out of this. Or not video, but audio for your listening enjoyment. So, about the car. We know it was a very low car. Actually, I think this car had the lowest profile of any car at the time. And so much so that I don't think it was seen for that low of a profile again until fairly recently, actually to the modern LMP1 era, but I could be wrong, and I'm sure our listeners will 
definitely correct me on that one. And to recent memory, this is the first time that we saw paddle shifters be implemented into a factory car for prototype racing. So, as everybody knows, paddle shifting is all the rage, and no more do we have stick shift manuals except for whenever we go NASCAR racing over here in the States. So, the car. Normally aspirated V8 with about 350 cubic inches. Well, give or take a little bit on that one. So, uh, anybody who's wondering about that on the metric system, it would be 5,721 cc's to be exact. As a six-speed sequential gearbox from X-Track, and... As always, they always use Mobile One. Mercedes tends to do that. And double wishbone suspension with push rod activated dampers. That was another pretty high-tech thing to where you can get the suspension even lower in the car and thus make the car incredibly low profile. Anyway, let's give the car a fire up and let her warm up and let's make our way out onto the circuit, shall we? Boys, fire it up. bit of an echo there as we are inside of the pit garage here so we're going to go ahead and let her idle just for a moment drop her in gear ease her on out of the garage watch the walls and make our way down pit lane here always enjoyed the look of this car and it was always really enjoyed the sound with the big throaty deep V8 here so Instantly, we're going to be coming right out hot, so we're going to give it a couple corners. We're going to take it easy and feel the launch as we come out of the pit lane there. A little bit accelerated there. I missed my shift there, but we're going to take it easy here for the first little bit here. Let's go get the tires up to temperature. we got heavy understeer. So we even at that slow of a speed there. Give it some gas here as we go down into the four sessions. Dunlop bridge there, so hard on the brakes here. Get those up to temperature as well. Through the four S's and speed we will be in third gear through there as well. While I was practicing for this as well, I caught a little bit of air on the inside curve there, so a little bit of fun on that one as we go through Tetris and onto the Mulsanne on for the first time. So let's get our good first real 40 sound of this car as we blast down the Mulsanne at 200 miles an hour. Try to keep it out of the barrier there. 
Not successful on that one, but that's all right. We're still going in the right direction. And the beauty of this being on a sim, or a game, I should say, is that we can make it to where we have no damage after our slight impact there. The car is very understeery through the Porsche curves here. Almost a full lock as we go off into the gravel once again there. But we're going to be okay. All right. Let's get serious on this one. We are a bit out of practice. It's been over a year since we've done a test track. I'm slowly remembering how to do this. Into the four chicane here, second gear. Drop it down to first before we go into the last part as we head onto the front straightaway. And those curves are nasty heading onto there. Really kick the car sideways and now hard acceleration. Understeering just quite a bit there, not just quite a bit, completely quite a bit there. Second gear through the Dunlop chicane there. Want to push it harder, but I cannot because I'm just understeer off. No doubt, force. Faster corners, it seems to really hang in there pretty tight here, just like it does down here to the forest. This is dropped it down to second gear there, dropped one too many there, I think. Through the forest, this is now coming up into Tete Rouge. Drop it down to third gear, feed it out there, hop the curve just a little bit hard on the accelerator now.
did the portion curves this time around is we're going to go ahead and bring it right into the pit lane here and I do hope you enjoyed the return of the tour test track ladies and gentlemen for the tour radio show this has been Lewis Satterley on the tour radio show on RadioLeMond.com enjoy be safe bye for now Well, my ears are now bleeding, but in a good way. <laughs> oh, I do. I did miss doing those features. It's great to be, bring them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even just riding along in the process uh, of recording those is always just a fun experience. Just because um, we're utilizing a new method of recording the test track, so I actually get to watch what Louie does. Now... Which- it- Admittedly, when I'm doing the commentary on it, it's hard to focus on trying to make the commentary sound exciting and focus on the driving at the same time, <laughs> which Ben got to witness this for the, in person. I and to dive under my desk like <laughs> laugh when you ran into the gravel track the first time. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, but the another re- big reason why I did the silent lap, or what I call the silent lap, obviously it's a lap full of noise, but with no commentary, actually, is simply so I can focus fully on the lap and have you have a pure experience on it where hopefully I have a 100% clean lap. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of disappointed when you pulled off to the pit exit at the end because I thought you were going to get a really good lap in. I was going to do that, but then I just thought it would be perfect just to pull it right into the pit lane and just have it idle off into the distance. Yeah. Oh. So, But anyway, that was, that was a lot of fun. Can't wait to do the next one. I yeah. got to start thinking about what I'm going to do now. Yeah. And uh, any suggestions out there? Actually, hashtag TRS. Yes. Oh, um, just because I don't think we actually said it. What game were you using for that, Louis? That was R Factor Two, my current favorite sim. Yes, yes, I know. I beat the death out of it. Everybody started hearing me talk about it, but it, yeah. in this so, particular case, it is the only game that I know of currently that provides that particular car. Yes. So. So. If you, in your suggestions, if you have, like, a different sim slash car combo that you want us to try, go ahead and, and let us know about that as well. Um, should we just use the hashtag tour test track? We can do that. Yep. Tour hashtag, test track. Hashtag tour test track. Anyway, that brings us to the end of tonight's program. Um, odd how we kind of began and ended with our Factor 2 content. Yeah, it is. A lot it's, of, like we, lot. it's like we planned that or something. Or something. Yeah. I mean, anyway, um, it's me. Yeah. I've <laughs> been Ben Williams. He's been Louis Satterley. Everyone have a great week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And stay tuned for On the Grid. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.